0: All right, welcome back to the Call Me By Your Game podcast. Uh, If you have never listened to this show before, uh, welcome. Uh, Let me give you a little idea of what you're getting into today. Uh, This is a show where I, your host Connor McKay, bring on a friend to talk about a video game uh, that is special to them and why. Uh, We discuss not only what they like love about this particular game and what's fun about it to them, what they think is really great, what stands out. But also, just as important I think is the context around when people play a game and, and fall in love with it for the first time So we'll talk about what was fun um, What was special What stood out to them What was weird And that's about it uh, And if also if you're a returning guest We love you too So thank you for joining us again um, Before we roll in And introduce your uh, wonderful guest for this episode uh, I'll go ahead and do a little bit of housekeeping uh, The first of which is We do have a website for this show So you can always visit us at CallMeByYourGame.com You can check out not only um, all of these full episodes there as well you can check out the full feed you can learn more about the show you can check out the video portions for the episodes that have a video element Um, you you can also email us at com, And if you've been looking to support the show, uh, there's a couple helpful ways you can do that. Um, you can rate and review us on the Apple podcast store that really helps our visibility. It helps us climb the charts. So more people are interested and know about us. And oftentimes the more, uh, people that have ratings, uh, the, or the more ratings you have for your show, the better you do. Um, or just share us with a friend who, you know, loves video games and, uh, might want to listen to us. Um, that is it. The housekeeping is done. Now we can actually have some fun. So I'll welcome to the show our guest who has been so patient, so respectful during this uh, time of me rambling. Uh, please welcome to the show, Charlie Mihalik. Hey, how's it going? Hey, Charlie. Would you Should I refer to you as Charlie? Sure, Charles. Yeah, Charlie works. Uh, yeah. Charlie works. Great. Cool. <laughs> yeah. That's the only time I've ever actually asked you what you want to be called yeah so
1: if you've you've known me for what six seven years now and now you finally decide what what do you, what do i what is my name
0: yeah <laughs> it usually takes me that long for me to be like conscientious of anybody around me, so it's we finally hit that six seven year mark so thank you charlie well, it's um, good to be here thanks for having me. Hey, absolutely. Um, if uh, this is another episode, you'll, as, as I'm sure you're hearing Charlie and I uh, talk before I introduce him, That this is another episode that we're recording remotely because we're, uh, you know, when the people are listening to this, you know, years in the future. To listen back, and this is during the pretty wild COVID nineteen coronavirus whole thing, where we are on lockdown. Uh, social distancing is in full effect, and so that's why Charlie and I sound like we're not in a room together, even though I wish I we feel were. Like
1: every, I feel like every one of these podcast episodes or whatever people are creating yeah. during this time should like go in the Library of Congress of like the the
0: COVID nineteen. <laughs> Art output during this time. <laughs> yes. That includes all of the Instagram videos that are out absolutely, there. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, it's all got to go in there. We, we have to capture it all. Yeah. Got to go in a time uh,
1: capsule too, so that people in the future can come back and find out what we were up to while we
0: were all stuck inside our houses. Truly. It's like what makes us special is that we uh, were in the middle of a pandemic. So there we go. Yes. Absolutely. Um, well, now that we know that, uh, if you don't, if you're not familiar with Charlie, uh, Charlie Mahelik is a writer, dog dad, and generous gentleman mm-hmm. living in Los Angeles, California. But um, are you from LA? Or are you from Long Beach? Where are you from, Charlie? I'm from Riverside, which is about an hour oh. uh, from here, about an hour and
1: fifteen minutes. Uh, yeah, I grew up out there, and then I uh, I lived in Long Beach for a while. Um, I lived there before I moved to LA. But, okay. yeah, I, Went to UC Santa Barbara and then moved down to L.A. Moved out of L.A. for a little bit and lived in Long Beach and then uh, moved back to L.A. in 2014. So I've been back for six years now.
0: Oh, love it. And we we yeah. met uh, you. Charlie, you're one of the people that I have known for the longest out in Los Angeles, probably the well, not the oldest friend on the show because I've had my friend uh, from my childhood, Eddie, on the show. And that out distances you by a few years. But I've known you, I mean, like we said, since I think fall of 2013. Yeah. You so, met me before
1: I moved back to, to LA. I was still living in Long Beach. Yeah. We met. Uh, yeah. So, yeah, it's been about seven years now, which is insane.
0: It is. Uh, that's, that's wild. Um, but yeah, so and we know each other for time. To- Oh, we've come so far. Kept like such a, we kept a respectful friend distance. We've we've hung out uh, a bunch of times. We've also kept a, I guess, a steady friendship. Like, kind of just knowing each other first through my roommate Stephen Loomis, but then you know, in our, then we found our own way, Charlie, which is so, yeah. it's good for
1: us. I mean, we stayed together two years in a row at DCM. Uh-
0: oh my gosh. That's right.
1: 2017 oh. and 2018. And in 2018, we stayed with a third person who was in the apartment the entire time.
0: Yes, we did. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> who had just been in a terrible bike accident. Oh, what and a wild it was, time. And
1: was covered in bandages the entire time. Yeah.
0: Oh, man. That was, uh, w- which that was, I think, was a surprise to all of us that she was there. Yes. I
1: believe that we thought it was a two-bedroom Airbnb, and it turns out it was we were getting one-bedroom. <laughs> I'm um, a two-bedroom Airbnb. Airbnb. Yeah.
0: So and she, was, yeah, and...
1: she was the renter, and she was there the entire time.
0: Yep. Uh, just you, me, and our sweet boy, dear Matt Apodaca, just roughing it together. Rough. Yeah. Yeah. What a good time, But It was a though. blast, though. What it, a
1: good time. I had a, it really I had was. Fun.
0: Those trips were truly, like, we rode such – I remember writing, at least for myself, a fine line every time of, like, the greatest, most fun, most, like – awesome time uh, week of my life but also it was also like the most taxing I ever did on my body yes
1: the worst I've ever felt was like coming <laughs> back after that week after after those <laughs> weekends and just like trying to recover for several days
0: yes um, I think even more specifically Charlie I remember on the day we had to get out of that place like I think, like, Matt left, but you, me, and I want to say, like, we met up with, like, Hannah Canningator. I remember sitting in a Dunkin' Donuts at, like, 11 or 10 a.m. with you, and I've never felt like I was just going to die more than that moment.
1: I believe we we each ate, like, two giant, like, bagel sandwiches from that Dunkin' Donuts that was right by Yo Hotel or Yotel. (laughs) And... Uh, well, the year before, I don't know if you remember, but like a bunch of us on the last day that we had to check out of our Airbnb had to, we went to the Brooklyn Bridge yes. and walked the Brooklyn Bridge and then had to do a show after that and then had to check out of our Airbnb. And so I was up for almost 48 hours straight. And then oh. Dennis, Dennis Curlett, myself, Michael Gardner, and uh, Danny Symbol, or and Evan, Riney all went out to visit Danny Symbol's family on Coney Island. Yes,
0: uh, <laughs> and it was I think we killed five. time that day. Yeah, I think like I don't. I didn't go with you guys to the bridge. I actually slept, and I remember you getting back to the uh, Airbnb. But I remember, yeah, that next day. I don't know how you did it. That was like a superhero. Like you know how when like parents get that parent strength where they can like lift yes. a truck. It's like that's what happened to you. Just you were tired (laughs) except i truly yeah i truly just wanted
1: to die and i remember talking to (laughs) danny's wife uh as we were at coney island we were walking and it turns out that she went to my high school and graduated one year before me so we were there at the exact same time so it was crazy so we started talking about teachers and all sorts of stuff and then my voice just completely dropped out like my voice just quit and I could not talk anymore and it was like my body was just conserving whatever it could and just like shutting off auxiliary systems to power the main unit to get me through the rest of the day and I just told her I just had to be like I'm sorry
0: I can't talk anymore (laughs) just had to walk away from her oh my gosh that also sounds like a fever dream yeah, like was, was, oh. no no it makes sense i was on coney island and my friend's wife was suddenly there and my voice gave. and
1: i don't know if you've oh. been to coney island but it is like it is a fever dream because you get there and it was the middle of the summer so it's so hot and humid and then everything is horror themed like everything is like <laughs> zombies and oh gore and, and mysticism and freak show and all just like weird stuff And then it just in the middle of it just starts pouring and it pours like harder than I've ever felt for like (laughs) 10 minutes. And then it stops. And so everything's wet and shiny and like it's all and you can just hear like these zombies going like and like horror themed music is playing the whole time. It was so so crazy.
0: That, no, oh, that is got to be. I'm sure people have been exhausted there, Charlie. That's got to be the most exhausting anyone's ever been – exhausted anyone's ever been there.
1: Yeah. Oh, my Jeez. God. I, yeah. Uh, oh, and then having, I'm glad you made our it out, flight, our flight left at like 7 a.m. the next morning. So there was just no way we were going to be able to sleep for any period of time at all.
0: <laughs> oh, just miserable. Well, you know what? That was – well, we're here today though. We made it back. Hopefully yes. someday there's a DCM again. Who even knows? Who even <laughs> we'll knows at this point. We'll see. Uh but yeah, so we've we've been through a lot. We've 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 had some we've had some times, which is great. Uh so uh before we get going, um let's talk about like before we talk about the game that you wanted to discuss for this episode, which is uh, Super Mario World Two, Yoshi's Island. Um, wh- talk to me about like how you got into video games, and like, and tell me anything up to now that you want to share. Uh,
1: yeah. So I got into video games probably when I was uh, five. Uh, I remember uh, going to a friend's house. And, uh, it was this woman that used to babysit us and she had a son that I was good friends with and he got a, uh, NES a Nintendo entertainment system. Um, and so seeing super Mario brothers for the first time, just the original, or I guess it was just Mario brothers was, uh, like just like blew my mind. Like I just couldn't possibly fathom that you could take this controller and make it do things. And you were controlling (laughs) it. And I remember just going over to his house all the time and he was constantly getting new Nintendo games and playing those all the time. And then my mom has this story of me going to my grandparents' house and my stepbrother, uh, brought over, uh, he had gotten a Game Boy, uh, when the Game Boy came out and, and had Super Mario World. And, uh, let me play it, and I played it for like four to five hours just that night. Like they just, I didn't talk. I just sat and I played. They couldn't get me to come eat. They couldn't get me to do anything. I was just playing that game. Uh, and from there, um, I've always been like a bit of a gamer. I would never consider myself to be like hardcore. Yeah. Um. Though I've had tons of systems. Like if I can count the systems that I've had, I've had. Uh, Game Boy, Super Nintendo, Game Gear, uh, PlayStation, Nintendo 64, um, a um, GameCube, a PlayStation 2, an Xbox, Xbox 360, a PS3, PS4, and Xbox One, and a Nintendo Switch, plus I had a PSP. And oh a yeah, Nintendo DS at times So I've had like a
0: ton of different systems Yeah, you've like checked Like if this were like a I don't know if it was however many Out of like 30 systems you've had It's like you hit like two thirds of them at least Yeah, and I'm like Because I'm like very
1: fascinated By by game systems and games And yeah. uh, love playing them I'm someone who Has a checkered history With finishing games
0: Yeah, uh, <laughs> right there with I you buddy
1: yeah, I'm the type of person that will get a game and be into it for a little while and then I'll stop and not pick it up for several days and then be like, I don't even remember how to play it. I don't remember where I was. It feels like I'd have to start over to play it again. And so I just never pick up and finish. Yeah. Um, but um, so I've played a ton of games and I'm also someone who just likes like to try as many different things as possible Oh yeah. Uh, rather than someone who like I- I've always been fascinated by people who are like. The game I play is Halo online or the game I play is Counter-Strike or whatever it is. And they just like play that game every single day and, and just put, you know, hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of maybe thousands of hours over several years into uh, into playing. And I'm I'm more someone who is like, I don't like to really play online all that much unless it's like a good friend. I don't yeah. really like to play <laughs> with strangers. So I, it's a lot of single player experiences and, uh, you know, playing until I feel like I get everything that I need to out of it and then moving on to the next, um, and also large periods, long periods of time, like, you know, I might, it's not, uh, unheard of for me to go a year, a year and a half without picking up a game. Sure. Uh, because once I, once I start, it kind of feels like it's like starts to consume your life.
0: <laughs> oh Yeah. Especially as like, uh, this is something I'm sure we've talked about before on the show, but like, especially as someone like you're a writer, you're a creative mm-hmm. person, like you're probably, you have probably have things you want to do, things you want to accomplish, things you want of yours to, I mean, things you want to finish writing, things you want to get made, blah, blah, blah. So like anytime you're not doing those things, I I struggle a lot with like feeling guilty. I'm like, well, if this yes. is what I want to do. Why am I spending my time doing this thing?
1: Uh, I think also video games uh, are a bit of a placebo effect um, mm-hmm. in the sense that um, getting deep into one, especially one that has like deep customization or lots of secrets or lots of things to explore, gives hits that same part of your brain that's a sense of accomplishment. Yes. And so oftentimes like getting one that has a ton of stuff for you to do and, and trophies to earn or whatever it is putting a ton of time into that can give the same brain stimulation, except when you're finished with it, you're just completely empty handed. You have nothing. <laughs> yeah. um, and, so, and so that's where I like, I, I had to really like train myself away from it. And oh, yeah. when I, when I do actually play a game, I've, I've, uh, gotten to the point that my parents would actually probably be thrilled. Cause they used to do this with me when I was a kid, but I was, <laughs> I'll, set ti- I'll set timers for myself. Oh, and I'll be like, wow. I'll be like, I'll be like, you get to play for this long. And then once that goes off, you got to move on to the next thing you have to do so that you're getting that type of diversion or getting some, some, uh, you know, some stimulation out of it. But I'm not getting to the point that I'm just like lost in it for, you've,
0: you've become the thing you swore to destroy.
1: Exactly. As a child. exactly. <laughs> oh, I
0: hated that so much.
1: God, did I hate timers Oh, truly, no, was... for the internet, a timer for video. It was just like, you oh. know, and, and, all you wanted was to be left alone and just let me do whatever I want for as long as I want. And now that I to, can, I'm setting them for myself.
0: Right. It's so funny. It's like, Oh my gosh, there was a re- a good reason for that. Yeah, exactly. Uh, I, I was no stranger to a timer too, dude. I would get like, I remember like 30 minute intervals and like, there's so many times where I would be like, you, you must've moved the clock faster. There's no way that yes. was 30 minutes or, or be like, if you're playing a game like, uh, I remember playing Majora's Mask, which on the on the N64 version, you can't just save anywhere. Right. You have to find these like owl statues to save. And if I wasn't by a save point, I'd be like, Mom, what am I supposed to do? I don't have a save point. Let me find a save point. And they so, don't care. No. They don't care. The thing is, is like, that means
1: nothing to them. And they're right. I mean, yeah. it's, it's more like for the <laughs> next time you play it, you have to do backtracking. But I would be so mad and they'd be like, just like let me save the game and my mom would be like the time is up and I'd be like I like you can't just save it I'm gonna have to do so much when I get back like truly <laughs> goodness nothing could oh. be more
0: meaningless to parents yeah for real oh that is so man, that is so relatable um, yeah <laughs> that's that's cool and you you now I mean you talked about earlier now you've got uh, you have a ps4 Xbox one and Nintendo switch. Yes. Are you playing uh, anything like lately uh, that you've enjoyed? Uh, so, uh, you know, other than playing
1: the Super Mario 2 Yoshi's Island to kind of refresh for this podcast episode, um, the last thing that I played and really loved was Doom 2016. Oh. Um, yeah, on PS4. Um, it's one of the most like, and I'm not like the biggest first person shooter type person. um i'll play them every once in a while and like uh i used to play a lot of like the single player call of duties or halo or whatever but i think Mm -hmm. i've kind of moved moved off from those types of games but this one in particular is so much fun and makes you just feel like so much of a badass when you play it like everything in it has been like streamlined into making you feel tough and cool and powerful and Ooh. it's also extremely digestible in the sense that, like, you can play it for short bursts. There's tons of uh, checkpoints. I also just, like, love the fact that the, the current generation of systems has system suspend modes so that, yes. yeah, like, like, I can just hit, you know, rest, like, on, on PS4, it's like the rest mode. And yep. wherever I am, whatever's happening, it's just completely and totally paused and getting back into it takes no time at all. Um, and same thing with the Nintendo switch and with the, the Xbox one. And so that has made it so that, um, getting into and just playing for a short period of time is not a huge task. Cause it was with yeah. the PS three, every time you would turn it on, you got to load the game, you had to load your save, you had to, you know, and same thing with like, you know, PS two with every other game system. It was like just getting started. You were constantly booted up to yeah. home screen. So I think that's um,
0: probably like an, uh, now that you're talking about it, I'm realizing how much I value that feature of the modern console. Uh, it, cause I've done exactly what you just said a bunch of times and it makes it so easy. And it also kind of comes full circle on the whole save point thing. It's like, you just put it to rest. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I,
1: I honestly feel like there have been so many times throughout my life in which I have not played a game or like started playing a game because I'm like, I only have X amount of time and the amount of time it's going to take me to turn on the console and load the game and then load my save and then get into it is going to take all the time that I have. So I'd rather just be able to just like pick up and play for a little bit. Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, I think, um, you know, over the past several years there's been a lot of games that I played maybe a little bit more in depth, but I feel like where my, my level of, focus on other things that I want to accomplish is right now I only have time for something that I can jump in and jump out of and and is honestly I would say linear
2: Mm -hmm.
1: um I would say like currently like linear games are ones in which like I like something that's just like constantly driving forward I like the fact that uh I'm able to measure my progress by the fact that I'm like discover new areas or see new enemies or anything like that so that I'm not feeling like i have this huge map to explore and even just getting to a particular mission involves going from point a to point b um yep. whereas a couple years ago i put you know 140 hours into red dead redemption 2 and you know and that and and just like absolutely loved every single bit of it but then i realized like that's 140 hours that I yeah. spent doing literally anything else seriously <laughs>
0: Oh my goodness, that really puts it into perspective too. Yeah, totally. <laughs> Jeez. Oh, well, that's really awesome, dude. Thank you, uh, thank you for sharing. Um, yeah, for sharing. Sure. Now, all right, now let's just, uh, let's get into it. Let's uh, talk, we're going to talk, as we said earlier, about Super Mario World 2, Yoshi's Island, that's Charlie's game of choice for this episode. Uh, we're going to get into a little of get the game history and context. So again, Charlie, feel free to share as little or as much as you want, but I'm just going to share a little bit about the game. So uh, Super Mario World 2, Yoshi's Island, uh, is the platforming game sequel to Super Mario World, uh, developed and published by Nintendo for the SNES. Uh, this game came out in 1995, and the development was actually started like immediately after the first Super Mario World uh, world debuted. Uh, so when this game didn't come out until 1995, um, so it actually had a pretty severe five-year development period, uh, which was, which now is like, can seem pretty standard for big games, but back then was pretty, it's absolutely insane. It was way too long. Like you would, RPGs a lot of time would have like a year and a half dev mm-hmm. cycle. And that was typically considered, uh, also it's very much, uh, just considered a ton of time. So I this feel kid- like the, yeah, for
1: the next console generation had debuted as well so i feel like the the saturn
0: and the playstation were out when this came yes out. i know the playstation was and the saturn may have been too because the playstation came out the year before so that's very true yeah yeah um so, uh, so yeah, even those games probably didn't have like, it's obviously didn't have five year cycles. So it's like, well, it's taking a long time, but, uh, but, uh, two of those years were just d- used to, uh, they were dedicated actually to brainstorming prototypes. And once they found the prototype they wanted to do, it still took another three years, which is pretty crazy. Um, this game features special graphics using the super Nintendo's, uh, super FX two chip, uh, and received instant and universal acclaim upon release. Uh, it was uh, one of those games that was released during Nintendo's heyday, um, during the Super Nintendo era, and is considered uh, among their greatest accomplishments, not only for the system, but for uh, any game out there. Um, to a little bit about the story, and the game itself is in the actual game, uh, it's a platformer kind of like the others, very similar to Super Mario World, except it's a lot more focused, I would say, on exploration um in this game instead of controlling mario you control yoshi who runs and jumps and solves uh puzzles um but you're protecting baby mario because baby mario's brother luigi's been kidnapped by kamik and evil magic koopa serving bowser and so yoshi the basically the story of the game is it's yoshi and baby mario's quest to save luigi and reunite the brothers um yeah that's all i had for the history and context is there anything you wanted to share about it
1: Uh, no, I just, uh, I do remember when this came out, it being a big deal because it had been so long since super Mario world had come out. And because of the fact that like we were into the new console generation, I'm trying to remember when exactly, because I know that, uh, Sega Saturn was a surprise release during E3, like it had been announced. And then during E3, the, uh, sega said oh the sega saturn will be x amount of dollars and it's available right now and they had already shipped it to stores um to like kb toys and a few others and then a bunch of other retailers were really mad and they got a lot of flack by doing that (laughs) but and i think that was to beat the playstation um so i think the saturn might have actually come before the playstation because uh, Saturn could not compete on price uh, because of how expensive it was to produce. Oh, and so it was like, oh, we'll just beat them to market. But yeah, but I think that this game coming out after those games had already come out, which happens, you know, sometimes. I feel like uh, The Last of Us and Grand Theft Auto uh, th- Five, uh, Bioshock Infinite, are all games that were released after the PS4 had come out. Yep. Um, but were released for the last console generation. So, I mean, that sometimes happens where, like, the best games on a system are released after the next yeah. uh, console generation debuts because they've been in development for so long. So, um, But it also meant that this game feels kind of like an odd duck in the Mario uh, lexicon. Yeah,
2: totally. Um,
1: because it doesn't feel like it should... Be part of the super mario world uh or the yeah like any of the super mario brothers things it honestly it spawned its own franchise basically yeah um with yoshi's story on uh nintendo 64 after that and then i know they made some sequels to this for the nintendo ds and then yep. now they have Yoshi's Woolly World and Yoshi's Crafted World for the, the Wii U and the yeah. Switch. So, yeah, have you played either of those? I played the demo for Yoshi's Crafted World. Um, yeah, I
0: like the demo. I just it's never. Very, it's got very it.
1: fun. It's really cute. I never got the game, but it uh, basically like this game, the one that we're talking about today, and all of those ones, just like ooze personality. Yeah, um, just like everything in the game has been so meticulously designed. And I would mm-hmm. say even more so even even uh, like oftentimes eclipsing the Mario Brothers series, not like I'm not, you know, Odyssey or anything like that. But the the 2D Marios. Sure. Um, you know, uh, and yeah, I mean, playing through this game again, I was just struck by a how well it holds up and how I played through, like in my new playthrough, I played through four worlds.
0: Yeah, nice.
1: And was struck by how they continually introduce new mechanics, Mm -hmm. uh, even when you're four worlds into the game, whereas most games will like basically teach you everything you need to know by the end of the first world and then challenge you more by forcing you to use those, those mechanics. But this one is just constantly introducing new stuff. And so you're never like, you haven't seen it all, and uh, yeah. also just visually, it's gorgeous. Uh, yeah, it leaves so yeah. a
0: lot. Like I think what you were saying about um, continuing to learn more things or more mechanics. Uh, it leaves a lot to look forward to in this game. Like you're not just going to see the same sort of exact levels before, and you're going to be able to tri- like do different things with them. It's cool. Yeah, absolutely. Um, well. That's that's a really great like intro and start to it. Why don't we just like get into your history with a game? Like, when did you when did you get this? How, who did you play it with? Where did you play it? Tell us about that. Uh, stuff.
1: I mean, I played it by myself, as I played most games. Nice, uh, when Charlie, I was a kid, Nice. Cause, yeah, I played a lot of games by myself. Um, but I remember specifically like I have this this day in which I got uh i my mom used to work uh in this town that's about 30 minutes outside of our town called uh banning which is uh on the way to like cabazon and where the dinosaurs are if you're on your way to palm springs so it's kind of like wow. a very small kind of rural town and uh i remember going out with her to her school one day i was uh 9 uh when this game came out and uh i remember us going to uh target and then her saying that I could get a CD and a game. And what, so <laughs> What
0: did you do? were you like the best kid in the world? What happened? This was <laughs> this rare. Like this was not day. something yeah. that ha- yeah,
1: this was not something that happened all that often in which I mean mostly I was I would be renting games. But yeah. this was like I could get a CD and a game. And so the CD that I got was Alanis Morissette's Jagged Little Pill. And, <laughs> and the game that I got was Super Mario World 2 Yoshi's Island. And I remember coming home and like popping that thing in my little like shitty CD player that I had in my room and sticking this in and just playing for just hours, you know, just Was, and getting – sorry, go ahead. I,
0: no I was just no I love this uh, I think you've actually mentioned this to me before which is I think like, that's why I told you I wanted to do this game yes like, <laughs> which is so even just that there's so much to talk about there it's so funny it's like such a like a mature aesthetic choice like you're gonna play a critically acclaimed game and listen to Alanis Morris. <laughs> I was
1: nine too like what's a nine year old doing with that, that you're, you're you're
0: you're posturing for somebody <laughs> exactly exactly that's so um, funny. Um, <clears throat> was that something you like? Uh, that stuck out to me also because I like sometimes will listen to uh, like a podcast or or music when I play a game. Not all the time, but I will. Um, was that something you did a lot back then, or is this like you're just like a shot in the dark and it killed?
1: No, no. I, I would. I definitely was someone who would listen a lot to um, to music or something like that when I when I would play. Now I tend to, like, I think uh, just, like, really like the sound design and the music of the games that I play. And so I tend to, like, let that be the only audio source. But back then I would just love to just, like, put it on, turn the volume down on the game. Because, like, I would say, like, for the most part, other than, like, your rare instances – uh, sound was not like absolutely critical in those games because you weren't. None of it was locational or directional, so it wasn't important for knowing if there was an enemy behind you because you could see everything in front or behind you. And yeah. uh, other than if if someone really killed it on the music, like if we're talking like your Final Fantasies or your Donkey Kong Country series or anything in which there was like a real like authorship that went into crafting the music, I guess Legend of Zelda would be another one then sure. uh then you know it wasn't so important that you listen to the sounds of the music um uh, yes. and also it was it was so that uh if my parents went to bed I could sneak out and play and not get in trouble because they could Ooh. hear it.
0: <laughs> nice going so and would you have like and your CD player would that be hooked up to headphones or is it like? If it, uh, it was
1: later, yeah, if it was later for sure. But also sometimes I think if it was later, stealth I mode, have, I would, <laughs> I would not, I would not put the headphones in because I wanted to be sure that if, uh, if the door opened, to the hallway opened or anything like that, I'd be able to shut it off real quick. <laughs> so nice. I had to have my wits about me, you know, like I had to be able to hear every sound.
0: Totally. Uh, you made like a small sacrifice in that moment to still you're like this the music's gotta chill just for now so I can actually play this game and be aware. Absolutely. Absolutely. Oh, I love that so much. Uh that it's just yeah, when you were like I didn't I don't know how often I ever like snuck playing video games, but like the, there was like those were like the few moments that I ever got to feel like badass growing up. Yeah.
1: And I know that the video games were not the issue. Yeah, it was the like, it was the not going to bed, you know, or not doing my homework or whatever it was. Totally.
0: That, yeah, that all, that checks out in my family too. Uh, But that, that's really cool, man. Um, Did you like, do you remember when you played this game for the first time, did you kind of like. Play? Did Did you play it like all the way through? Did you? No, I don't think I I don't
1: think I I don't think I beat it. It was one that I revisited. It was something that every time I got a system that could handle it, uh, like if they re like they re released it on Game Boy Advance, and So later, uh, like you know, I if I got an emulator or something, then uh, I would it would always be one of the first games that I played. Um, it was that in the donkey Kong country series were the ones that I constantly found myself revisiting. Um, I think those are like, especially in connection to my childhood, those are probably my favorite games of all time.
2: Mm. Uh,
1: this, that like trilogy and then this game. Um, and then as you go on like a little later, I would say like final fantasy seven for the PlayStation. Um, and then, I would say, like, The Last of Us.
0: These are like some of your, you're naming like some of your all timers.
1: These are my all timers. Yeah, cool. these are the ones where oh, like cool. in playing them in playing them, I like found myself just like completely and totally like absorbed in them. Yeah. And then and then I would say in the more recent past, I would say like Legends of, Legend of Zelda: Breath of the Wild. Um, oh my goodness it's probably like so those are like the games that like will stick with me um uh, yep. both in terms of you know story and gameplay and music and sound um so uh yeah so this was a game that i just i, I constantly revisit uh over the years i've maybe played it through 10 times oh wow uh, yeah just like anytime I have a, an opportunity to, to play it again. And just like in little bites, because this game is significantly longer than super Mario world. Oh, yeah. um, the levels are big and they're sprawling. And for how cute all of the art design is, it's tough. It is uh, hard. It's a challenging game. And it, uh, not only is it like it's precision platforming with a less precise protagonist, yeah. Um Yoshi's floaty and he does that weird glide whenever he whenever he moves and so mm-hmm. um you know like it's all about like re- just barely reaching heights um the throwing egg mechanic uh is is a game changer as well so it opens up a lot of opportunities to change up gameplay um and the every level seems to throw so much at you at once that it's not just like you know i always felt like with super mario world as as great as that game is it mario is consistent throughout the game mm-hmm. he has his few power ups and then there's new enemies that they might throw at you but they tend to introduce those by world whereas like this game is just constantly like eventually creating like a kitchen sink of uh, yeah. obstacles
0: yeah it really does like i think this also ties what you're saying ties back to it being like a later game on this at the end of this console's life is that like like you said everything is so meticulously done but peep there also feels like the creators of this game the designers spent so much time giving thought to the specific not just like how not just the enemies like you were uh i guess either avoiding or defeating in this game or getting past, basically because you're always trying to get to the end of the level um i feel like they gave every little bit of that so much thought and it, it which is yes. why like you said it evolved, it like does it improve as you go through it and get more complex
1: and every every boss takes a different tactic to beat Mm-hmm. um, and they're not always obvious. Like the first couple, it's like throw an egg at him and then avoid his yeah. obstacles and then he'll eventually die. Eventually you have to start like pounding on them. Sometimes there's one that's a plant that's a ghost plant and you have to just push it off the edge. Yeah. Um, and it's like, and there's two guys on the other side trying to push it back. And, uh, it's.
0: Yeah. You are like not always trying to just like actually barrage the And it's like the, the boss with like your eggs, but like that, in that case, it's like, no, just like push it off. And that is the entire boss. But it takes a while. It took a while for me
1: to realize that that's what I was supposed to do. So, um, you know, and, and I think that's, what's so interesting is even with all the different like normal enemies, uh, some of them you can eat and turn into eggs some of them you eat them and then spit them out and they're a power up. Some of mm-hmm. them you can't, you can't swallow them. Uh, some of them. Yoshi's tongue goes on. all squiggly. Yeah. His tongue goes <laughs> all squiggly. Sometimes you have to ground pound them. Sometimes you have to use, uh, eggs to kill them. Like there are so many different ways to, to defeat each thing. And also in terms of platforming, like hitting those question, those flying question marks to create bridges um using like bank shots to open up certain things uh yeah. going like almost metroidvania style like going to find keys
0: yeah um would you yeah. uh, th- th- this that really got me thinking um espe- like especially uh ah oh shoot i just totally i totally lost my thought but you were saying something about um not before before you said the metroidvania thing you said something they really got me thinking. Do you remember what all was? All the different
1: tactics for defeating the enemies and, and for platforming and exploration. So oh. in terms of like knocking the, the question mark, uh, with the wings. And
0: yes, those, that specifically all the, every time you'd see a question mark, it'd be a question of like, is this going to be an item drop? Is this going to be like you said, like a platform? What's this, what sequence is this about to like key off? Yeah. Which was always and- really funny. It would like ch- do like little bursts of challenges too.
1: Yeah, and it's always really exciting because you knew it would never be anything bad, right? So like that—that that yeah. took it away. But it could either be, you know, uh, one of those flowers that if you get five of them, you get a free life, um, or it would be stars uh, that uh, build up your timer uh, because oh, yeah. this game does not utilize the traditional eat a mushroom Mario gets big touch a power up. He, you know, turns into something else. Mario is an afterthought. Um, Mm -hmm. your only goal is to make sure that Mario stays on your back. So if you get hit, Mario starts to float around, you jump up and you touch him again to get him back onto your back. And if the timer runs out, then you die. Um, and, uh, there's a timer that starts at 10 every time you're in a level, but stars and checkpoints add to that timer. And so, Mm It's about keeping that timer pretty high so that uh, you can afford to get hit without it, you know, ruining your game. But it can be tough when there's a ton of enemies around because if you lose Mario and then you get hit, you don't die. You fall over, but the time continues to, to you know, drop down and then Mario's continues to float away.
0: Yeah, uh, and s- sometimes so. th- it would, like, take him in a spot you just, like, couldn't get to. And that's like, yeah, that's tough.
1: Yeah. The one thing I will say that's kind of a game changer is the, cause I'm playing it right now on the Nintendo switch, super Nintendo online mm-hmm. uh, thing. And that has uh, like an emulator, a um, screen save uh, state. So you can like, yes. uh, you know, create saves and then load them as soon as something happens. And you know, I'm not someone who is a purist. Like, I don't believe that it's cheating or it ruins the challenge or anything like that. Uh, I love the fact that if I die or fall down something, I just hit load state and then I'm back to where I was before. Yeah. Did so, you? So
0: that's uh, made it a little less frustrating. In, in that same thought, Charlie, did you use the rewind feature at all? Ah, uh, yes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, I was like, I played through this game for the first time. Uh, when it came to the Switch Online in like September, and and I adored it. Went through the whole thing, but I was no stranger to the rewind feature.
1: Yeah. Oh, absolutely.
0: Uh, yeah, especially the rewind if it's feature
1: like, is great. Yeah. Exactly. It makes it so that you know those like fatal mistakes uh, don't uh, you know ruin your game. Yeah. And because I am like, someone, I am someone who will get like frustrated and just be like, you know what, I got to take a break uh if i if i die too many times or if i'm if i'm stuck at one place i'm just like i need a i need a fresh (laughs) look at this
0: totally because sometimes it can just be so frustrating that you're just like you want to enjoy it you don't want it to become something that is like a burden or making you mad so you do i give myself restrictions all the time (laughs) yeah absolutely it's like kind of back uh, so. to us talking about your like uh, the timers. We're just like becoming our parents. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Goodness, um, uh, this has been this has all been really awesome. Was there? I th- we've got. I feel like we've gotten to touch on like uh, not that we have to talk about you know all the specific great parts of this game. We've gotten to talk about a lot of them. Uh, was there anything else that we haven't discussed that either you really loved about the game or that meant anything to you? I don't know, anything you had, didn't get to share?
1: Um, I, I just want to say, like, I think this game is one that really stands the test of time. Like, mm-hmm. I, I and in playing it again over the last couple of days, I'm just, like, really struck by the game design and the fact that for a game that came in at the end of the super nintendo's life which was a relatively limited console Mm -hmm. like it could it could it had mode seven so that's where you see some of like the cool 3d effects plus the super fx chip which definitely helps but like there was very little console memory and it didn't have like the ability to create that complex of visuals and what they've able to do by stylizing the graphics and making everything look like it's coming out of a storybook is is incredible i think that's so cool um and um it's a game that i can appreciate like even now like i remember as a kid um when i played super mario world i loved the fact that when you get to the star world you know it's like that one that's above oh, yeah. the rest of the game world and all of the different colored yoshis yes um yeah uh, and so I, I love that. And in this game, every single level has a different Yoshi.
0: Totally. Oh, yeah, so, that's right. Every, like, uh, a different color Yoshi. So they're
1: constantly switching. And I just they, I just always thought that was so cool because I loved like even when I would uh, play like one on one fighting games, I loved palette swapping. Like I loved the fact that like a default Ryu costume was gray. But yeah. if you hit a different button, it would be a dark gray or a blue. And I just thought that was so cool. And I always wanted to play as the different color. So getting to yes. do this in this game, even though there's absolutely no um, difference between them yeah. uh, in terms of their skill or moves or anything like that. Just the fact that there's a different color on screen was always so cool. And every level in this game is different visually and beautiful uh, mm-hmm. and I also love that as you go from world to world, it's the same overworld theme, but in every world, they add a little bit to the theme yes. to make it more and more like, uh, uh, full so that by the time you get to the final world, you have the full overworld theme.
0: That is, that is a really cool part. And that the kind of go like underappreciated it, like builds with the story, which I don't know if a lot of games do that with music. I mean yeah, of course like know, of I, course in like different areas but like that main theme evolving is really cool.
1: Yeah, exactly. Um mm. and I I just think this is like a game that everyone should play especially since it's like if you pay the 799 for 3 months of Nintendo Switch there's a bunch of different games on there and this this one alone is worth it.
0: Uh um, It really is.
1: And yeah.
0: Uh, it's such, it's such a great game. And like I said earlier, I played it for the first time this last year and I completely agree with you, especially just how well it holds up. It was like, I loved, I also played through super Mario world for the first time I played it, but I played that a month before this and this game just, I love super Mario world. Those games are, and that franchise is amazing, but like, I like the depth of this one more just personally. It just, it's a personal preference thing. I I think it just went above and beyond in so many. Uh, yeah, I so think many this aspects. one kind of blows
1: it blows it out of the water, mm-hmm. um, in the sense that like they use some of the assets, graphics, and sounds from Super Mario World. Like I can tell where they're like. The way that they were able to save memory is there's like a couple of different sound effects that they use like 80 times in the game because (laughs) they didn't want to put any other sounds in there. So they just like programmed it so that like whatever happens, it's going to make this sound. That's the same sound as in Super Mario World when uh, you have the the cape and you're drilling into boxes. Yes. You know what I'm talking about? It's like a (laughs) sound. They use that sound so many times in Yoshi's Island. And that kind of like corner, uh, corner cutting uh, is uh, is definitely like okay because of how much they put into the rest of the game. The fact that there's like eight different bonus levels, like scratch three, roulette, slot yeah. machine, <laughs> like all sorts of different stuff that you can play, um, which I think is so cool. The power ups that you can pick from the screen if you need eggs, if you need anything like else, like that they they put that in there as well um all the different boss battles are are so fun and satisfying and each like castle level um which is like a mini boss or a main boss they're so deep and there's so many different layers to them that Mm. it's just like an absolute like blast to like you you never going to be bored and nothing is going to feel the same
0: yeah it's it's like it's like equal parts uh it's like equal parts diverse, but also like full and ever evolving. It's it's really special.
1: Yeah, like I've I, you know like playing through it again. I remember the level where, um, once you get to a level and there's all these baseball players. And if you throw your eggs at them, they'll catch them and throw them back at you. And some of them have bats and they'll hit them at you. So you like can't use that to, to beat them. And so you have to wait for them to turn around to throw an egg at them or you have to jump on them and you have to. So it's constantly saying like whatever you think you can do, we're going to take that away from you for a little bit and force you to think of a different way to do it.
0: Yes. Yeah. Oh, I love that so much. Uh, dude, well, thank you so much for sharing about that game and your experience with it and what you love. Uh, are you ready to get into some fun stuff? Absolutely. Cool. All right. So I have two post, uh, post game segments that I always do on the show. Uh, the first one is the fact me by your game segment where I just basically tell facts to you. Uh, they, they could be like Easter eggs, trivia, or just fun facts. Okay. Sounds good. Sweet. Sweet. So, uh, the first fun fact I have for you is that in the game's data, there is actually code for three unused Yoshi transformations, which is funny because we didn't even talk about that on the main episode. There are points in this game where to like solve a puzzle or do a little obstacle course, you Yoshi touches these like buttons to turn into uh, different like machines and stuff. Oh, yeah, we
1: didn't even talk about that. It's like, I, I heard, like this game does the, so the many helicopters things. And the, and, the, and the race car and the train and, yes. like, they're, they're just and the mole that digs, Like
0: mm-hmm. all of those are awesome. Or Super Baby uh, Mario. Super Baby Mario, yeah. That's so funny. This is like, this game, you know what this makes me think of? And I don't think I'm the, f- I swear I must have heard this on a video because it doesn't seem like an original thought. But uh, this game, did you ever play the Banjo Kazooie series? I didn't. That's one that
1: just I never played, and I, I always wanted to, and then it just like eluded me.
0: Well, there is basically well this the thing that is this game is doing with the power ups or like the transformations. Excuse me, is is also a mechanic in like those games. It's basically like this like shaman guy will turn banjo into a like like a like a transformation. Like this, it totally adopted it from this game. Okay. Um, wow, but anyway,
1: that's, that's amazing so anyway, so there were there were unused ones,
0: yeah, there were three unused ones um there's code there's a code for a tree, a mushroom, and an airplane Yoshi
1: airplane would have been awesome,
0: yeah, so which is funny because we actually ended up having uh like you know the helicopter so I wondering if they were sure. I'm wondering if they were just like, oh, let's uh actually <laughs> this would be a better for what we're trying to do um yeah um also so so that was it for that for that particular fact uh i'm also going to send you links to all this stuff charlie so you can check it out um that was from i found that on the youtube video from this uh channel called super mayhem uh my next fact is that in level three uh do you remember the boss naval piranha the the one you were talking about earlier with the with the pots um well Um, in this game, you can actually sneak up, uh, and before you enter too far into the frame of the boss battle, you can throw, uh, like an egg and kill the piranha before the battle even starts. Um, and wow. if you do this, like Kamek, uh, which is the, like the flying, like a magic helping Bowser yes. will f- fly in and express like, Oh my, seeing that you already beat the boss. Um, <laughs> So that seems I like a, that. more of like a little Easter egg. Um, That's an Easter another, egg
1: for sure. Yeah.
0: Oh yeah, and a little sub fun fact that I wanted to mention with this one is too. Too is that in the German version of the game, uh, uh Naval Prana's name is actually Audrey, which is the name of the Prana plant uh, in Little yeah, Shop of Horrors. Little Shop of Horrors. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So just for some reason, just in the German version, maybe they're big Little Shop horrors out <laughs> in Germany. Uh, the so big fans. Um, and then the last one I have is like super long and crazy, but it was so nuts that I just have to share this with you. So, um, like okay, I try to make these brief, but this one's going to take a bit minute. Um, so okay. there was a live event held at a Toys R Us in Culver city, uh, back when the game was coming out that had the, that featured a literal giant Yoshi egg. So Nintendo had used like many ways to pr- promote this game. They had, uh, They, like, sent out distributing – they distributed trading cards. They had a bunch of promo VHS tapes, commercials, of course. But on October 5th, 1995, they held a huge event outside of a Toys R Us to uh, commemorate the release of the North American version of the game. Um, So there was this giant egg that had, like, a statue, Mario and Yoshi on it. And I also have a video of this, Charlie. It's pretty crazy. And – they basically had these kids come and every principal for a school that would like, they had this, it was basically like a fundraiser where any principal of a school that would sit up on top of the Yoshi egg for 15 minutes, which was like, they had to use like a forklift to get them up there. It's really, (laughs) it's crazy. The 90s are nuts, man. Um, Um, But they would like, every teacher who did that for 15 minutes, they would donate, uh, the Toys R Us would donate $500 to... Uh, their school. Um, and then at the end of the event, they had there were so many. There's a bunch of kids there. They had these kids get hammers. There was this particular spot on the bottom of the Yoshi egg. They like these kids hammer this egg open, and inside of it was a giant uh mock-up of a Yoshi's Island cartridge. Whoa! It's it's absolutely bonkers. I'll send the video to you as well because this. It's just yeah, one of the weirdest yeah, things I've that. ever seen. <laughs> 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 uh, it's like some, it's like some camcorder dude. Some dude took a camcorder and recorded it. I don't know what was going on, but uh, it's not like a newscast. But anyway, um, I'll send you those later, Charlie. So that's the end of the fact me by your game segment. Nice. Um, at the end of the show, I also do uh, game recommendations for my guests and the listeners uh, based on this game. Um, I do this to, to actually have one tiny, tiny tie into the movie "Call Me by Your Name," um, and this is the only tie into that movie where I have uh, like at the end of the movie, Elio, his relationship with Army Hammer's character ends, and at the end of all many relationships, uh, people date. You date someone new. Sometimes people date the, someone who is very similar to their last partner. It could be someone wildly different. You never know. Uh, sure. So I've always speculated, like, what what was Elio's life after that? So I'm going to give you recommendations. <laughs> That's my ham-fisted connection. Uh, I'm going to give you some recommendations based on this game. Um, okay. So the first one, I wanted to, this recommendation. Uh, I'm taking from, like, the relationship uh, of this game between – uh, Baby Mario and Yoshi. I wanted to give you uh, a recommendation of a game that uh, was also something about like a young kid befriending a heroic creature with flying abilities. And my recommendation for you is The Last Guardian on PS4. Uh, I do you have know not this game played that. No, I I have heard of it, but I have not played it. I haven't played it e- either, and I usually I haven't played <laughs> ha- like half of my wrecks, but it's um it's about this like little kid who befriends this like giant like bird mammal dog thing, and it's like them it's a lot of platforming and stuff too, so and puzzle solving but and apparently it was like pretty good
1: yeah i I think it was made by the same people who made uh ico or Eco oh interesting um that was on the p s two um which had a similar mechanic, except it was you guiding a like a girl like a princess. And you oh. have to like hold her – like like take her by the hand and like go somewhere and then something might come and you have to fight it and then she has to stay back and then you have to like keep guiding her through. And then this – I've heard that with the Guardian at first your relationship with it is like not good because you've just met it and so it won't yeah. really listen to you. It will kind of do whatever it wants and as the game goes on, you bond with it more and you can control Ooh. it a lot more. So. Oh, yeah, I love It seems, that. It seems interesting. Yeah. yeah, you know I what? Like uh,
0: see, it feels like you're recommending this game to me, Charlie. <laughs> From what I've heard, I mean, it sounds like something that would be pretty cool. Yeah, um, I've always liked yeah. the look of it. It's, it's. I've, I've been fascinated by the look of that giant, like puppy bird and this kid. Yeah, um, yeah. So that's my first rec for you. Uh, My next one is that if you wanted, uh, one thing I thought that was cool about this game is that it took a franchise uh, that we were familiar with and like totally pivoted it to something different, but was also like a really, really successful pivot Um, and and it follows the game up spectacularly. Uh, Another game on the Super Nintendo also in the Mario franchise, uh, which would be Super Mario RPG Legend of the Seven Stars. Oh
1: man, I have played that.
0: Yes, uh, uh, I love also that I game. thought it was like very successful, kind of in the way that this game was, was like almost making Mario a different genre.
1: Yeah, I mean, uh, it was it was it, not developed by Nintendo. Um, it was published by Nintendo, but it was developed by Square, who made yep. Final Fantasy. So it was it's very much like Super Mario Final Fantasy in the sense that it has like um, uh, the what do you call the magic uh users in it oh Um,
0: flower points no
1: no in in final fantasy they call like a mage
0: uh,
1: a mage yeah absolutely so it has like the blue mage and it's got potions and phoenix downs and all that stuff in it so it's got all the the um uh final fantasy stuff in there while like injecting a ton of um have you played? Sorry, this is a little bit of, am I allowed to ask? If you've yeah, played? no, Charlie, this is okay. a full
0: discussion, whatever you want to talk about. Um, a game that's similar, that's
1: developed by a completely different developer, but has taken the Mario franchise and injected it with like a ton of uh, DNA from another game franchise is
0: uh, Mario versus Rabbids Kingdom Battle. No, um, I haven't, but I knew you. That's what you were just about to say, because yeah, I I know this game is apparently really great. Yeah, I have it. I have it for the Switch, and I've played it, and
1: it's a blast because it's essentially um, taking the tactical combat of XCOM. Yeah, and, and turning it into a Mario style, so it's got you know all the different. Uh, like, sound effects that you recognize and all the different characters and, and enemies that you recognize, except they all have guns. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, uh, and, you know, like, each character has a different skill set. So Luigi's a sniper. Mario's, like, of course, great all around. Uh, Peach is a, like, a, um, a heavy So she's got a balooka and a shotgun. Dang. Yeah, and it's like and the game and there's like all the battles are like quick bites so you can just like pick up and play them. Um, But it's a ton of fun. So similarly to how Super Mario RPG um, really took that RPG formula and made it work really well for Mario, this takes a tactical combat genre and makes it work. Um, Oh, that's so cool. Because I think Super Mario RPG, they also had the Paper Mario series as RPGs as
0: well, right? Correct. Yes. Yeah, I've never played those. Oh, they are highly recommend. I'm actually at the very, very end of the one on the GameCube right now, and I lost to the. I played it, but I lost to the final boss, so I have to go back. Uh, they are so they they're like some of my favorite games ever. Oh, awesome! I'll have yeah. to check. Um, but yeah, definitely check that out. Uh and then I mean you've already played it, but that's a wreck also for the audience out there. Um yeah, now the last yeah. one, I always like to do a sort of out of left field recommendation. So if hypothetically what the thing that you took away from this game was that you just need more dinosaurs in your life, this game is completely different. It's not even close. But I would recommend to you Turok 2 originally for the Nintendo 64. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I also, uh, that was a game that I, I played uh, a lot of. On oh, IM no way. 64. Yeah, I played uh, uh, because I, Turok was like a, a launch game for the 64 and I remember having it. But then when Turok 2 came out, that was similarly to the Super FX chip on the Super Nintendo. They had the expansion pack for the Nintendo mm-hmm. 64 and that was the only way you could play games like Perfect Dark and Turok 2. And so I remember getting an N sixty four and then getting an expansion pack and then like needing to get games that would work with it. And so I got Perfect Dark and uh, Turok Two. And yeah. <laughs> uh, a ton of uh, fun. And it was it was another one in which like Turok One was like a pretty straight ahead, like wonky first person shooter, and then Turok Two is just like like takes it to a whole new level.
0: Totally. I actually I have that on yeah. the Nintendo sixty four still yeah nice nice yeah well when this whole when we're actually able to see each other again you should you still need to come over to my new place i I gotta gotta come
1: to your new place
0: and gotta show you the video game heaven that i'm trying to make it um absolutely (laughs) um well that's it for the game recommendations portion and that actually brings us to the end of the show so before we before we go and do plugs and stuff i just wanted to uh thank you so much again charlie for taking the time to do this uh it was so much fun and so here so also just so nice to talk to you and talk to you know a friend during these crazy times yeah of course buddy um well perfect before we go is there anything that you want to plug uh i mean <laughs> uh, i got nothing <laughs> coming up man i don't think anybody has anything coming up. <laughs> it's true
1: uh, uh yeah no i don't have anything to plug uh, but <laughs> I'll, I'll plug this game i say i say go play uh, super mario 2 yoshi's island uh, in whatever capacity you can because it's worth it and it'll bring a smile to your face and uh, you can really turn your brain off. It doesn't require a lot of brain power. It's challenging, but
0: uh, it's also accessible. Awesome. Well, th- but other than that's that, that a, nope, nothing to plug. <laughs> I love it, dude. Well, thank you so much for plugging that. Um, uh, I'll go ahead with some plugs uh, as well. Uh, um, a few more than that. Uh, this show is produced by the great Jeremy Schmidt. Uh, you can follow him on Twitter Ocarina of Crime, on Instagram Scare Me Schmidt. and also I would recommend checking out his podcast, Video Games. A comedy show, um, and you can find me on t- Twitter and Instagram at Connor underscore McCabe. And that is it for me. Stay safe out there, everyone, and uh, let's. Uh, that's that's about it, y'all.